Grant Kirkhope was born to a mother who was a music hall dancer and a father who was really into Frank Sinatra and Glenn Miller. Kirkhope taught himself to play guitar at age 11, and he has been classically trained in the trumpet. After playing in various bands, including the British jazz band Zoot and the Roots, rock band Little Angels, and a couple of heavy metal acts, Kirkhope began looking for a steady job. His friend, Robin Beanland, a composer at... Let's try that again. His friend, Robin Beanland, a composer... Is it actually Beanland? That doesn't seem right to me. Well, I mean, it's British, so it's probably a really weird pronunciation that we can't even guess at. Like, it's like Beanland. Like, well, you just I, don't pronounce a lot of it. You don't pronounce the Beanland. Because it's like a, a weird word that's been around for right. hundreds of years. His friend, Robin Beanland, a composer at Rare, suggested Kirkhope join him at the video game company. Kirkhope spent a year writing and submitting tunes to Rare, one of which would become the Creepy Castle theme in Donkey Kong 64, and he was hired on October 15th, 1995. Kirkhope was put onto Project Dream, an SNES game, shortly after being hired. He was the only musician on the development team, which originally consisted of 10 members, but grew to 15 over the course of development. In 1997, Project Dream was scrapped and turned into Rare's new 3D platform adventure game, Banjo-Kazooie. Banjo-Kazooie follows the adventure of a bear and bird duo as they try to thwart the schemes of Gruntilda the Witch. They enter a variety of wild and wonderful worlds, each one bearing a dynamic theme composed by Grant Kirkhope. As we enter the winteriest time of year, it's only appropriate that we talk about the winteriest level in that game, and its theme. That's right, we're talking Freeze Easy Peak, composed by Grant Kirkhope for Banjo-Kazooie on Cover Me. <laughs> That's right, it's Cover Me, the only podcast that talks about famous songs and their many cover versions and compares them against one another to find out which one is the most rare. I'm your host as always, Jake Cressy, joined by the co-host who lives in my backpack. Ah, oh, Alex Mildenberger. <laughs> Alex Mildenberger. I wasn't sure whether you're going to do a cartoon voice or just make some like mumbling noises. Mm, I, I haven't actually style. played Banjo-Kazooie. So I wasn't 100% sure what sounds Kazooie made, so I had to kind of improvise. Right. But like, uh, like, I have, like, I played it a bit, but not much. Alex. Some people call it the greatest game of all time, according to Wikipedia. Certainly one of the best games of 1998. No, I I loved it. It was a great game. Uh, Not the greatest game of all time. Like, it's no Pong. It's a good old, (laughs) it's a good old time. Like, it's. It's that N64 style, you know, uh, or early 3D style collectathon, whatever. That's what we right. come to call That's them, call and them. Uh, those can be those can be a good time. Those can be a great time. This is one of the one of the best in that genre. Uh, apparently, directly inspired, of course, by Super Mario 64 coming out. They were originally working on Project Dreams or Project Dream, which was just a uh, it was a Super Nintendo game, and it was going to be like an RPG. And then they started started porting it to like N sixty four technology, and then Super Mario sixty four came out, and they were like, "Oh fuck, we're gonna look like idiots <laughs> if we come out with this two D piece of shit on the N sixty four. So they just scrapped it and put all their efforts into Banjo Kazooie. Yeah, which is kind of neat. I mean, I've seen some of the Project Dream, like the art from it. It's like a a human boy, 
as the main character. And they decided to go with a bear instead, which is probably a good move. I don't know. Bears are yeah. cool. They do mention that they were going for like a uh, what, like a sort of Disney theme. They wanted it to be something that was, uh, here's the quote, according to Rare, we wanted the characters to primarily appeal to a younger audience, but at the same time, give them enough humor and attitude not to discourage older players. Yeah, and like, I mean, they, they went in the like extreme attitude direction i guess for like conquer <laughs> oh, conquer's yeah. bad fur day uh which was not so much um child appropriate no but not yeah <laughs> they probably had a good balance in this one i'm assuming again i don't i i would like to play it but microsoft and i know you're listening the concept of microsoft um why isn't rare replay on pc yeah, hook us up. Hook me up. I don't want to buy an Xbox. So, anyway. Yeah, cut me some slack. I was just thinking that. I'm like, I was I listening this week. I was like, fuck, I wouldn't mind like dipping into Banjo-Kazooie again. I just finished up like last month the, uh, the Super Mario 3D All-Stars collection. Right. And as much as that was probably too much Mario listening to this track this week, I was like, fuck, I could do Banjo-Kazooie. <laughs> Yeah, I would like to see it. We, we started playing Banjo-Kazooie together one time. It didn't last long, though. Yeah, it we didn't last long. We were, like, on the first, first level. Yeah, we did, like, but Mumbo's Mountain. I would like to come back to it one day. Yeah. One day. One day, but not today. Today, we just talked about Freezy Peak. Now, before Freezy we start Z-Z. talking about the song itself, I guess I watched a, an 8-bit music theory video today about uh, Grant Kirkhope's composition. I think I may have watched that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the one about the the arrangements and how he changes them like yeah. up to just to suit different parts of the levels. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, we won't really be addressing that much. No, during but there the are of... a number of different versions of this mm-hmm. for the various parts of the level. Yeah, and as always, a great video just to watch in general and a great YouTube channel. Yeah. Um, he does go specifically through this song and the different areas and how even something as simple as just like changing which instrument plays each part can change the tone of it. Definitely. Very Definitely. Cool. Um and I mean there there are a number of different versions. Uh one thing that happens in in the game quite a bit is like you'll go underwater. Um, and yeah. then, and then the this is like part of the dynamic soundtrack thing. Uh, when you go underwater, the the theme changes to a solo marimba version. Um, mm-hmm. Now, Freeze Easy Peak doesn't have any liquid water because it's so cold. But supposedly, there is a version of the song for solo marimba that is like present in the data, but it never gets used. Interesting. So there's one of those. There's an underwater version or harp maybe. Okay. Uh, I don't. I, I I I recall in the video he says that all the underwater music is a, a solo marimba. Yeah, but I, I think it was a marimba. I don't think it was a. I wrote down harp, yeah. but I think that's a mistake. Uh, there's a very fast be. version of the song for a race with yes uh, with Boggy. I looked up the that's names because right. I haven't played the game. Uh, <laughs> there's a slow version for when you're in Waza's cave. Uh, and that, that doesn't happen. Oh yeah, that's the big walrus, right? You're asking the wrong guy. <laughs> Was I mean, it's either yeah, because there's the the slover and it's kind of dopey sounding. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah. so that he must be. I think he's a big walrus. And then there's the sad version that plays when you're in the bears. 
igloo. Yeah, because there's sad children in the, yeah. in the igloo. I don't I don't know the exact reason they're sad. They're, uh, I, I think their dad's the fucking racing bear, and he oh. he lost their presence and just doesn't come home because he's addicted to sled racing, probably. Okay, cool, cool. Um, there's another version that plays when you do help them. That's much uh, that's much happier. Oh, the mm-hmm. other thing about the sad version is actually in a minor key instead, so they change it into minor. Okay, um, yeah. Because apparently the, the main version is primarily, it's an interplay between an F-sharp major and a C major. Mm-hmm. Which is I'm just I'm just quoting that direct from the video. I have no idea what that really means. Um, <laughs> Besides that those keys are present. <laughs> the interesting thing about that is that the, the interval between C and F-sharp is a tritone. Okay. which is considered a very uh, dissonant interval. So that is a particularly jarring, generally, or mm. considered to be a particularly jarring uh, key change. Okay, and I did read somewhere that apparently that was one of Grant Kirkhope's goals with this was just to work with dissonant sounds and see if he could make a compelling soundtrack. Yeah, and it is really interesting, almost like... Because the way the N64 works, or the way the N64 sounds, um, it kind of have to be, like, jarring, and, like, the sounds they use definitely are very harsh a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. Like, it'll be, like, this, it's these, like, very midi, like, brass and stuff. And I mean, yeah, and it doesn't try to like underplay those moments. It's like if we're gonna do this big ugly brass on here, it's gonna be big and ugly and brass. Yeah, and like it all kind of fits the aesthetic too in ways that I don't fully understand. Like it has that like just like that sort of edge kind of Disney vibe. Like it reminds me of a less racist Splash Mountain. Oh, you know, it's it's just like animals playing country music kind of vibe. Yeah, I guess so. And I think part of it, maybe, uh, like, N64 graphics are so blocky mm-hmm. um, and kind of fuzzy. It all kind of works together because it's like that same, and maybe it's just because we were, you know, brought up in that environment. It's the same sort of level of technology for those two things. Right. So they just work together. I don't know. Yeah, maybe they just work together in our dumb brains. Yeah, not, probably. Not. On the collective whole. It's a neat aesthetic, though. Yeah. Another thing about the the design of the music, I'm just pulling this from Wikipedia. It says, The music of the game was designed to gradually fade from one style to the next without pause, while the overall composition loops continuously, which I think is achieved by all those different arrangements he has of essentially the the same theme at every level. Yeah, and you can kind of match them up and just drop things in. Or out, or drop them out. Yeah, because, like, for example, when you, you go from, you know, above water to underwater, it's not like it just restarts the track and then is underwater theme. It continues from that moment in the song with the underwater arrangement. Yeah. And that's a technique, I mean, they used in a lot of games. Um, Banjo-Kazooie was, like, their first big one on the N64, mm-hmm. as far as I remember. But, like, if you play Donkey Kong 64, which I played a lot more of because that was what I owned when I was young, a lot of the same stuff you know you go underwater it changes you go in a cave it mm-hmm. changes kind of and that's that people still even use that technique today and it's still just impressive i remember people losing their minds about it in super <laughs> mario odyssey where it, it does probably it might just be like above water underwater but people yeah, are like oh holy shit thing. yeah um and like to the point where 
because we played I played those games so early in my life, I always just kind of took it for granted. But there's mm-hmm. some, it's it's not easy to do because you have to make all these different compositions fit together. And some of them Oh, what's going on? Sorry, my screen's turned off for a second. I was worried something bad happened, but it's mm-hmm. fine. Um Let's see, what was I saying? Took it for granted. And right, so, like some of them change like the time signature and stuff. So that would be more difficult to do. I don't know exactly Damn. what the transition sounds like on those, but. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it, that's the thing is when you're playing it, you don't even notice it. So it's hard to be like, well, that's the transition because it's pretty seamless. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing to point out before we go any further, I mentioned he was in a British jazz band called Zoot and the Roots. I just want to point out that the the saxophonist in that band is named Snake Davis. Wow. That's it. That's that's all I've got. That's pretty cool. That's um, <laughs> my one other piece of trivia. Um, we uh have talked about video game songs before. We've talked about N sixty four video game songs before. Um, and sometimes when we talk about the video game songs, we bring up the technology involved mm-hmm. uh, the hardware in the console um and actually as it turns out the n64 apparently does not have a dedicated sound chip on right. board uh, it has a a coprocessor that processes alongside the regular processor but at the end of the day uh more complex arrangements actually do use up processor cycles even though some of it's offloaded onto the coprocessor so okay. there is a trade-off between like game performance and music, right? Because it's not, there's no dedicated sound chip. Chip, right? And in this, that's even more pronounced. They had to. They really pushed like the graphical limitations of the N64 in this game, where they had to like create their own system for reallocating memory. Because essentially, they just did very simple character models. Like all of the characters in the game are as simply designed as possible. But then they went all out on the texturing for the rest of the game. So all the environments and stuff are, uh, are quite right. high detail for the N64. Yes, and the N64 is kind of notorious because it had. Let me see if I can remember the details. It was the RAM was fast, but no, it they had like good throughput i think like you could get a lot of information moved from the ram into like where it needed to be mm-hmm. but there was like a huge latency so like you'd have to when you requested something it would take a long time to actually get it but you could get a lot of data at once so like they had to program around that and stuff yeah i think it's i think that's the details i don't remember the specifics yeah, hardware though, fascinating. Yeah, hardware. Especially, That's well, you know, why I, I went into that field. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. interesting. It is interesting. Now, one other fun fact I have is that Grant Kirkhope also does some voice acting work, particularly just in the video games. I, I think once he works on, for the most part. So in Banjo Kazooie, he does Mumbo Jumbo, he does the Jinjos, he does Klungo, he does Captain Blubber, Gruntlings, Gravestones, Flower Urns, and the Jinjonator. All some, some, they just sound like nonsense terms when you say them in a row. Yeah. In Donkey Kong 64, he plays Donkey Kong, as well as in a period from 2003 to 2006, with also another entry in 2009, 
for Donkey Kong Country for the Game Boy Advance, Mario Golf Toadstool Tour, Mario Kart Double Dash, Mario vs. Donkey Kong, Mario Golf Advance Tour, and Donkey Kong Country 2 for the Game Boy Advance, and Mario vs. Donkey Kong 2, he plays the voice of Donkey Kong. So he was the, like, okay. Yeah, that's him. Anyway. Um, yeah, that was kind of, like, when you hear, if you ever listen to, like, an interview of that, of with one of the guys working at rare at that time period there's so mm. much like it's very like wild west because they're like yeah i i was directing this game and then i had to voice the main character too and like <laughs> like what's that i mean sure i guess but it's still weird yeah i guess because you just like you wouldn't be like we're gonna hire a voice actor you're like well this thing yeah. needs a fucking voice <laughs> yeah i guess the like there wasn't budget for like hiring celebrities at the time. Oh, certainly not celebrities. Not even, like, you know, yeah. just people who did fucking... Yeah, like, like voice actors. Dedicated yeah. voice actors. Um, like, I know in uh, Conker's Bad Fur Day, the director of that game... Director, I think? Chris Seaver also is the voice of Conker. So, like, that's just... That's what you did back then. <laughs> Yeah, you just you pulled double duty. That's crazy, and that's what makes Charles Martinet as as Mario an even bigger move is that he was like a voice actor. Well, they were like, we need someone who can convincingly speak English terms. Right. I guess they couldn't just get Shigeru Miyamoto on the mic and be like, say Wahoo or like say Mamma Mia. (laughs) Actually, does Mario have the same voice in all um, regions? Um. That's a question for the ages. I don't know. I would, That's also would, not that important to the topic of Freeze Easy Peak. Certainly not at hand. Um, we will probably talk about Mario a little later, but we are talking about Freeze Easy Peak. Um, it's very, it's very upbeat, very it majestic. Is. It is. It's. Uh, I've lost it. Here it is. Um, yeah, and it's. It's. What do I like? There's some. There's a quality to it that that feels kind of cartoonish obviously because it mm-hmm. that's kind of their their goal but like the the rhythm itself throughout most of it is like this oompa, 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 like yeah that very polka oompa, rhythm oompa. and it's like but it doesn't sound like i don't know it, it i'm just tripping over my words right now it's almost like folky sounding like i would associate that with like a like a hootenanny kind of thing so it's kind of like got this like country feeling. Yeah, it's And I guess that's that part sort of, of I mean his name is literally Banjo, the main Banjo, character. Yeah. And Kazooie. Like those are not sophisticated instruments, really. No. Or not considered that. Uh even though the banjo is probably fairly complex. Compared to the kazoo. Yeah. Kazoo? Fucking kazoo. It's just a kazoo. Like I'm shrugging suggestively. Okay, good, yeah. It's a kazoo, but a banjo. Anyway, they've got that, like, kind of grassroots um, association. Sure, yes. And and you're saying that that comes into play in in the rhythm of this. Yeah, and kind of the feel, yeah. Yeah, it has that sort of goofy, it gives it a sense of levity. Um, Immediately, before we even reach that rhythm, we're given sleigh bells, which are just on every fucking beat throughout this entire piece. Yep. You will never be without sleigh bells, bells. so you know it's Christmas time. Um, And we get this very fast uh, string pattern. This... 
Yeah, and he plays with that a lot. So the song, like the melodies can be fairly simple and like, uh, maybe that's not fair to say. Basically, in a lot of Grant Kirkup songs, he uses this like, like these these trill sounds or or other forms of like chromaticism where you're playing notes kind of right next to each other that aren't in the same key necessarily. Right. Um, and that comes up several times throughout the song. Yeah, so we get that, and then we get the 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 brass section coming in from the bottom. Yes, that's the sort of introduction or the intro section, and these are like big chords on this very MIDI sounding brass, and that's just what the N sixty four sounds like. Everything is very distinctly MIDI. Mm-hmm. And like kind of echoey, they have this like echoing quality to them, and maybe that's just the way they did their samples. Yeah, but, maybe. But to me, it's very distinctly N sixty four sounding. Yeah, dog. So when we get, we do that big intro, and then we hit that rhythm that you talked about before, and then it's just kind of like an exchanging of what instrument is playing a leading part in this first section. So we start off with the strings, and they're very light. And they're doing that uh, sort of a play on that initial rhythm they did because they do a lot of yeah, and that moves us into brass afterwards. Um, which again I think plays to that sort of like country folk hootenanny vibe. Yeah, and that's the I mean that that first part that's the like, I mean I would call it an A section because it's yeah, the dog. first like part of it. Where it sort of does, it's like a climb up and a fall down. And we talked about in Cool or Snow Mountain last year, Mm -hmm. that sort of climbing up and falling down association with like either snowing or like sledding. They're both, it's kind of that motion association. Um, And it's kind of fun because it like builds up slowly and then kind of comes down fast with the. With that chromaticism. Yeah, dog. The trills. Trill. The trills, my friend. And then the horns, I believe that is when we... That's the B section. Yeah. The sort of response. Yeah, and you do get some... Uh, there is some other rhythm playing there alongside the sleigh bells. Just some stings from... It might be strings. And so then a big part of the shift after we get that A and B part is we come back to the A, but surprise, it's woodwinds. Yes, everything changes up. And it's, I, I don't know how much of this is, I, I was worried that it was like just different parts from around the level or something <laughs> that they <laughs> mashed into one version. Um, no, I don't, but I don't believe think so, it is. Because yeah. this, this is seems to have a definite, like, uh, like a two minute sort of loop. Yeah, it does. And it does loop. It does, yeah, it does loop. So we come to that woodwind, and so yeah, we actually have like an A A B A A. Well, not quite. It's an A B A C. It kind of goes, but it's like A B A B, and then into. Is there a second B? It sort of just cuts into a a C section here. I think. Oh, maybe after the woodwinds. Possibly. Let me see. Or is that just a variation on the B? Let me see for a second. I don't 
I mean, the version I'm listening to has a sec has a second B section. Okay, but is it that one where there's like this more, like it's a lot lower and there's a bit of this like glassy, like strings yeah. and a bit of piano around it playing the yeah. like uh, the chords. Yeah, it just it just goes much lower than the the first B section. It's I suppose very different. Yeah, it's a lower sound. Uh, very low horns. I think it's still mm-hmm. horn sounds. The yeah, fun thing about MIDI. Or like these kind of fake synthesized sounds is you can just like play them lower than right. that instrument would actually play reasonably or physically. Um and it doesn't necessarily sound good, but he was kind of like we said, trying to make harsh sounds. So mm-hmm. maybe that's part of it too. Playing outside of the natural range on like a synthesized version always has some weird things going on, I find. Yeah. Um, but yes, the other thing about this part is that they are, there's like, I think it's Glockenspiel playing these kind of like rolled chords, which right. I guess if it's MIDI is a lot easier to do, but with a physical Glockenspiel, you'd need like a whole bunch of mallets. And I've seen them do that where they hold like four or five mallets between their fingers and just like <laughs> right, yeah, play chords and stuff. So who knows? Uh, the other thing is there's the part at the end of the B section, there's kind of like this call and response thing, and it gets very low for that part. Yeah. Yeah. So it's the like... Yeah. That response is like very, very low. Mm-hmm. Ridic- and, and it's then, already fairly low. It's yeah. just even lower. So from there, we, we move back to an A section, but this time it's with, uh, with brass. Okay, so we're calling the sections different things. That's what our problem Are is we? here. Yes, yeah, so when I say... <laughs> yeah, so uh, I said intro A, B, A, B. Okay. Yeah, but... So this is... Yeah, maybe not the oh, best. Oh right, no, games. no, I fucked up. That's it's, I'm just getting the pieces confused. It's not that okay. we're calling them different things. It's that I fucked up. So what okay. happened here is cool. I made a mistake, an error. So yeah, it's the intro section again. Yeah, but with a twist because this time the horns play, but they um, they actually resolve now. So like it kind of finishes that chord mm-hmm. thing. So where it build built up before, and now it comes back down and actually resolves pretty. Distinctly, yeah, and then you get a uh, a little little woodwind there, a little flute on the end of the line. Yes, it kind of fakes fakes out going back into the A section. Yeah, and then does and then just does the the intro pattern again. Thing yeah, again. um, and that's kind of a cool, like, interesting that they like come back to this thing they set up way earlier and then resolve mm-hmm. it part of maybe what makes it so easy to loop this yes i think so and also some of the v- versions we're going to talk about kind of play around with this existing as well right um but i guess it's not so unusual for a cover of a video game song to shift around the parts mm-hmm. as we have seen in the past um and then it does go back into no it doesn't do i think a b section from there 
Yeah, it's that that pattern. It's on like a. It sounds like a low string section. We've got the rhythm of the the flute or woodwind seems to come in a little more forward. Yes, that. I I also noticed that where like it's just because uh, how the rhythm is working is you're getting the like mpa 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 mpa, but then there's kind of a backbeat instrument as well playing this kind of secondary harmony rhythm thing that's playing mm-hmm. between the oompa oompa so it's oompa, pa, oompa, pa, oompa. so it, or it doesn't really sound like that let me like oompa, 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 oompa. so it's kind of like double times it now yeah. that that secondary rhythm thing in this part gets turned up quite a bit yeah so that your actual main melody seems to be in the back, whereas for the past minute and a half, it's been in the foreground. Yeah, so it's a, it's, it's a weird thing. Um, but, I don't know. Yeah, I guess it's not that weird. Changed my mind. All right, fine. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, from, it's much louder. Yeah, from that section, we move into sort of the, the climax, right? Yes. This yes. final section. Where now we have another section, which is very interesting section, I think. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about that. Right now. Right now. <laughs> um, so uh, there's a few, there's kind of two things going on in this section. There's a, a melody, melodic line that's sort of a chord progression getting played da, 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 and then mm-hmm. the trills from the violins yeah what's interesting about this section is that progression is a very common chord progression um that we are familiar with. Of course. It is a one minor six, or it implies to me a one minor six, four, five chord progression, which you may recognize from Love Hurts. Okay. Um, in fact, I, I googled one minor six, four, five, and it, it called it the 50s progression. Uh, so that's very common in a certain type of song from the from the 50s mm-hmm. um the first thing i thought of actually when listening to this was go cry on somebody else's shoulder by the mothers of invention oh yeah so it is in that song as well so like if you listen to it in that song i don't know it's getting a lot of like jangle pop vibes right um yeah lots of 50s songs use this and it's i think still pretty common but more yeah, common it's back a then. Pretty simple progression, and uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe there's a '50s connection to to Christmas sounding music. Yeah, maybe. I guess it's part of that. Maybe I'm trying to think of when Chris, not Chris Seaver, um, Grant Kirkhope would have been like young enough. Like uh, he was born in probably 62? not yeah. the '50s. No, <laughs> doesn't quite check out. But um, I think you would you would still be immersed in the music of that era. Yeah, probably. So maybe, yeah, maybe he's got some some background when, there. And of course, Frank that's Sinatra's when... heyday, the fifties. I'm not going to tell you, no. No, he was forties. Ah. Hmm. Um, and then you got Glenn Miller, who is a guy. 
Because those were apparently two dudes that he listened to a lot because his dad listened to him. No, apparently he's also 40. So, Hmm. no. Well, we all hear Christmas music from all eras, but who knows? That's true. Anyway, I just thought it was kind of interesting that for this song decided to use that considering the a lot of the other um sort of harmonic um attributes are kind of less um like popular like less like conventional i guess conventional yeah because it has it has kind of a weird um key change and using some strange sounds and this part is much more like pleasant sounding yeah, and like the instrument doing that progression is like a like some kind of steam organ or something. Like what makes that kind of noise? Yeah, it does have kind of an organ sound. Uh, I think the only thing that makes that noise is an N64. Uh but That's right. <laughs> to be it's more specific, just... I don't know, but it does have that kind of tube pressure sound to it yeah that kind of quality to it and that's this is the the loop point once we once this section finish up finishes up it goes straight back to the intro that's the song baby yeah that's the thing um like many video game songs it's relatively short it's only a couple minutes long and then it just loops forever yeah buddy um yeah yeah i mean generally speaking it's it's kind of three four sections and a half um i'm gonna say because one is like an a revisitation um and they kind of switch up what instruments play what Mm -hmm. basically Uh, and all the instruments are super n64 midi Hell yeah, they are, dog. Um, one other thing that's going on in this song that I thought was a bit interesting because this is like the extracted soundtrack version, I think, that I'm listening to. Right. Is that there's like wind, wind sound effects in the background. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Like the whole time. And um, I don't know how common it is to actually put those sorts of environmental things in the soundtrack. Like they could still be part of the the sound that plays, right? Without how much you would part of the song separate the sound effects versus the soundtrack. But apparently, that's part of the song here, so kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, and it's pretty uh, like it doesn't get in the way or anything. It just adds yeah texture to letting you know you're outside. Yeah, you're outside. It's windy. It's cold. I I wouldn't be surprised if that wasn't present in the other some of the other versions, like the Mm -hmm. indoor ones it probably isn't you know what it is part of the song because it's also featured in super smash bros ultimate just like playing. oh really yeah just the original version is in there i'm listening to a, a youtube rip of that and the wind's still there hmm. interesting so it's important just, yeah it's part of the song baby with that, we're going to start talking about every other goddamn cover of this song, starting in the year 2013 with the Blake Robinson Synthetic Orchestra. <laughs> yeah, so first of all, I just want to note that Synthetic Orchestra is a really cool name. 
um, as a player on like symphonic orchestra. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it, I'm surprised it's not used more. Like these guys like got it. And uh, this guy, it's literally guy, one right, dude. Yeah. This guy's <laughs> got the name. Robinson. So like, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, his collection of his, so he's got a collection of sample libraries and software. He's from London, England. He seems to have a real emphasis on like ultra realism when it comes to his samples, at least from the uh, the Spotify about page I read. And I think that comes through here. This sounds like a big orchestra to me. What this really sounds like is like if Banjo Kazooie was a, a a ride at Disneyland. A ride at Disneyland. I've never been to Disneyland. Okay. Well, they 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 probably, uh, have you been to is Callaway Park the only amusement park you've been to? Uh, and in Silverwood in Idaho. Silverwood. I don't know if Silverwood. I think does it where some of the the park speakers just kind of pump in like audio. It's just like like instrumental like fanfare essentially. Yeah, probably. I guess Callaway Park does that too. At yeah, some I points. think they do. Like the haunted house has the has this is Halloween playing the whole time. Right. And that's pretty much it. Yeah. So this would play like while you're in a big ass lineup to to go on. It would oh, it would be called Freeze Easy Peak. Freeze Easy Peak, the Banjo Kazooie ride. Could yeah. you imagine if Rare built a an amusement park? That would be wild. It's, I mean, hey, it might come down the line. We I got... mean, Microsoft might do it. Like Nintendo's yeah. building one right now. Yeah. So. That one look. Oh, I I want to go to that one really bad. <laughs> Are they is it in. <laughs> the states or is it in japan i can't remember i believe there are two locations i believe one is in america and one is in japan i have to imagine it would be a lot more expensive to do in japan just because of Mm -hmm. land costs but i don't actually know if that's true yeah i suppose um yeah nonetheless so this is like this is it it's a big big orchestral version but made with synthetic pieces yeah i actually didn't apparently look them up enough to know that it was synthetic pieces, so. So you were fooled. Yeah, I was fooled. Uh, the other thing they apparently did is the Portal Knight soundtrack, which there was a while where I um, decided, I, I where I played that game for like a week, and I stopped. Mm. Gave it a shot. Anyway. Oh, the game, I, I, <laughs> I heard Portal Knights, and I thought... <laughs> It was nights with, without the K. Ah. And, I, and I was thinking like Bortle, but at night. Like a late night jazz version of Bortle. Of Bortle. You're playing Portal Nights. Nights. <laughs> and then, I don't know, saxophone version of Still Alive, I guess? Yeah, That I probably suppose. exists. I mean, if there's not a jazz cover of Still Alive out there, I would be surprised. I would be shocked. Anyway. Getting off topic. Uh, but I, I agree that this one has like a really epic feeling off the bat. Yeah. Or I, I think it does. Um, with his like coming in with the string arpeggios. Yeah, and it's like, it's, it's very like up. It's very rich. Yeah, definitely like it feels like the start of something. I guess in that way, I, I agree. It feels like it's, it's preparing you for perhaps a ride. Or something. Right, or the, the Banjo-Kazooie Christmas movie. The Banjo-Kazooie Christmas movie. Coming this Christmas. Yeah, you an know. An unbearable experience. <laughs> and then you hit the, the that folksy rhythm. Rare used to do, like, cartoons. I don't think, I think they just licensed them. But there's mm. two, like, Rareware cartoons. There's the, the Donkey Kong show. Oh, yeah. And then there's the Viva Pinata show. 
Right. So uh, they don't seem to be interested in that anymore, but maybe one day they'll make a perfect dark show. That's what we've all been hoping for. <laughs> um. Yeah, so it starts out with that big thing. Um, Big brass on this. It's like it sounds like an orchestra. Yeah, it's it's basically like they took the original version and then instead of like crappy N64 MIDI, it sounds like they used legitimate instruments, but apparently it's just a sample library still. Not to disparage the sample library, it's a pretty good one. Mm-hmm. A pretty good series of sample libraries. Um one thing I kind of thought about when I was listening to it, there's a lot of brass and I don't know what brass is playing what part necessarily, but like there are parts, for example, the first B section where actually the first A versus the first B, um, the first A section is, has the melody on brass and the second also has a melody on brass, but it's definitely a different horn. It has like a broader sound versus the much more sharper, um, A section. And I don't know if it's like trumpet to French horn or something like that. Well, it's actually synth but, to synth. Sure, but it's a sample <laughs> of something. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I don't. I do not have an ear for brass, so I couldn't even begin to guess. Yeah, I'm not really sure. I apparently, supposedly, the original version that's supposed to be a French horn mm. for some of the for the melody on brass, but I don't. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it could be anything. Um, and then they kind of come in like what, like flute, flutes on the, the next one. Um, and then the, the, the rhythm for that second A section, um, sounded odd to me. And I, like, it's a very low sound and right. I don't know if it's supposed to be a tuba cause it kind of has this like rough sound to it. Maybe that's just what a tuba sounds like. But this is starting at like thirty nine seconds. Yeah, yeah, I'm listening right now. Yeah, it's kind of like, uh, like very low. Yeah, I couldn't tell. I don't yet. know. But it's it's got an odd like bounce to it, like the the rubber band um uh quality that I sometimes ascribe to sounds. I think this has it. It like mm. it sounds like it bounces. Like when you stop playing, it kind of takes a while to fade, sort of. Right. Like, yeah. Would you say that affects the piece positively, negatively, or neutrally? I just thought it was a neat sound. I think that I think this whole thing sounds pretty good. Yeah. Um, I liked all the sounds in this, but I didn't think yeah. they were samples. So well, I guess that's kind of the point. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you're right. That is one of very interesting sort of bassy tone there. We do get the woodwinds there, which is similar to the original. We get a, we get a mm-hmm. flute at that point. Um, so yeah, it follows a lot of the progression in terms of what sections are loud versus quiet. Um, yeah, it really is just kind of a high res version of the original. Yeah, it really follows the structure of the original, um, with one notable exception because this piece actually ends. Uh, so it starts to do the loop, but then instead of playing the intro, plays the intro with the resolution and then just kind of ends. 
Yeah, see, and that's what would happen at Disneyland. That would play, it would end, and then they'd be like, Thank you for coming to Banjo-Kazooie Free ZZ Peak, the experience. Be sure to keep your arms and legs inside the ride at all times. So they'd probably say, like, pause and claws or some shit. Pause and claws. Pa- wings? So it would just alternate between, like, that announcement, then a bit of silence where you just hear ambient effects from the rides and, like, somebody going by on the roller coaster, and then this would start up again. And, and then occasionally you see signs that are like, the line for Freeze Easy Peak is three hours. You're like, fuck. <laughs> Gotta listen to Freeze Easy Peak, the orchestra, like a hundred more times. I mean, I kind of listened to Freeze Easy Peak for a couple hours the other day, but... Well, I mean, yeah. And if there's a ride at the end, well... Yeah, so what this one really really brings to to the song is a, a, a larger sense of scale. It's quite yes, big. Yes, absolutely. Boisterous. Very full. I mean, it's like they did a symphony orchestra version. Yeah, dog. They kind of did, but only kind of. Yeah, and that was, I thought it was good. Yeah. Way to With go, that, Blake. We're gonna, way to go, Blake Robinson. Here's to you, Blake Robinson. Jesus loves you more than you would know. Video game piano whoa, whoa, players, 24... 24- Have we talked about these guys or just another group of people who play video game songs on the piano? I don't remember. It's impossible this, to know. This like doesn't sound like a group of people playing on a piano because these pianos sound very fake to me. Okay. Yeah, I actually listening to it now. I believe that. Yeah. Um, um, also on the first first go about, like the first A section, it sounds like garbage. Oh, I agree. Like, I think this whole thing kind of sounds like garbage. Sounds like garbage. I um, think it gets a, like a little better as it goes along, but like the, at the start, it's really, really bad. Yeah. Um, the whole thing's on piano. Is there even piano sounds anyway? Like it sounds yeah. kind of midi, but like a little bit less than the original. Um, <laughs> more. It's it's more believable, but it's still kind of not great. Yeah, better MIDI at the cost of every instrument. Yeah, and also, <laughs> like, like some of this better. stuff, like, it's it's very straightforward cover, but I think they kind of fucked up some of the transcription. Like... Yeah. Like it feels they, like this would be one of those, like, yeah. visual tutorials you watch on YouTube that kind of teaches you how to play the song, but as you're listening to it, you're like, you're like yeah, that's not right. quite right. <laughs> yeah, so, like, some of the timing in particular... Um. Let's see if I can find an example. Um, I forgot to write one down. Like, like just the way it does that, dun, 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 like it does a bad job of that right off the yeah. bat. Yeah, like is you mean like in the A section, the the first yeah. climb? Yeah, instead of like dun 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 dun, dun it's like ba 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 ba. So it's like very straight. Instead of they could have kind of adjusted that a bit. And uh, yeah. It's not great. I I don't have many notes on this. No, that's really I, I wrote down I missing some good parts for real, but I really I didn't give any examples. Yeah. So well, I think that, it's missing some stuff. I, I in fact I think what they do is they don't like they they play the intro section again, but they don't add the resolution. Mm. They just play the intro section again. Weak, terrible. Next up, yeah, 20 Big good. Dream in 2014. 
20 bit dream. Um, I couldn't find anything on this this entity. Yeah, me neither. They they do remixes. Yeah. Actually, I googled them. Mm-hmm. Uh and Google said they're a music artist and that okay. their genre is vocal slash easy listening. <laughs> but the listed albums are all correct, so that's this, not right. If you can prove to me that this is done with somebody's voice. <laughs> that's much more impressive, yeah. So this is like a very cheap electron like it it's all it looks at several points like it's going to approach like an like an electronic dance remix or at least some sort of electronic yeah it seems like because it starts with like this (laughs) like four on the floor thing going on but it and i thought okay finally we're doing a dance remix okay but it's not it just doesn't yeah it's got that pulse through the whole thing but it doesn't like they did a first draft on it they're like okay we'll dance this up but first we just got to get a little synthier (laughs) and then they left it and then accidentally published it yeah, and I thought like the synth sounds are decent, but I agree they sound kind of like default. Um to the point where like there's one part, uh let's see. This is the second A section, about 40 seconds in. Uh sounds a lot like what my Korg Volca Volca FM calls the glass pad preset. Kind of like a synthy oh, yeah. Glock or Celesta sound. Um and then yeah, and it's <laughs> counterbalanced by this harsh um like horn rhythm. Yes. And then, then what, in the following six we get a change there. Yes, in the following B section, which is you're talking about that yeah. that time period, um they do as we noted in the original, the uh chords become much louder. Mm-hmm. But they don't actually play the melody underneath it. Right, they just play some like open chords on the synth there and like there's like string synth going yeah but uh yeah so i i agree this one sounded like like it's a decent bass but it but it needed yeah. to go somewhere like and you can hear that that yeah. four on the floor bass drum it's yeah the so, whole so time strange <laughs> and yeah it really seems like they're gonna do something with it and they don't really so it's yeah, yeah. it's just kind of lacking but it had potential, I think. Uh, yeah. But I they really had to do, like, 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 a whole lot more. Like, it doesn't go very far. No, it, it doesn't go far at all. It is just the foundation. And that's, I think that's part of what, like, when I picked it out, I just listened to, like, maybe 10 seconds of it. I was like, well, this is different. I'm sure it'll go somewhere. And then it just stayed in that place. <laughs> and so, yeah, kind of disappointing. We get really weird at the, the, the climax section. I, again, uh, you're right, though. It sounds like more stock synth sounds, but they, they start kind of throwing them against the wall. Mm-hmm. Are you talking about the 50s section? The 50s progression? Um, yeah, so around 146, it starts. Right. Yes, I guess so. They have that, like, that's the rubber band sound here as well. Yeah. Uh, playing that backbeat rhythm. So if they had some more of that maybe earlier on... Yeah, if they could have, like, tightened up the... Because if that was supposed to be it, that would be a good, like, jump off into the dance version point. So if they could have tightened that up, get to that bit where suddenly it starts getting more aggressive with the synth and then bring us in to some some wild electronic. Yeah, they kind of, like, they build to what should be the start. Mm-hmm. And then it's over. They should have yeah. shifted all that back, put that at the start, stylistically. And then yeah. gone somewhere else entirely. Yes, with I, the rest I agree 100%. Um, yeah, so that's 20-bit dream. 
Also, why 20 bits? Um, I don't know why 20 specifically. I do... Because it doesn't sound like... Because I know there's a... What is the art called where you, you like, you devolve something to make it sound like it's much older? Um, People will do it with... Like a, a demake? Yeah, like a demake. But this is, like, bad. This is, like, enhanced 8-bit. Yeah, But it's also 20. Enhanced. So why 20 and not, like... I don't know, just nine because it's one more than eight or something like yeah, that. Yeah, or something like that. Or like twenty-four. I don't know, just a number that kind of makes sense because it's like sixteen plus eight. Yeah, or like. I yeah. I don't know. I don't know why twenty. I don't know. It's a it's an odd choice. Maybe it's a maybe it's a pun that we're just totally not getting. Twenty bit dream. 20 I can't think dream. of 20, 20, 20 bit twenty bit twenty, 20 bit. 20, Does twenty bit mean dream. something like as a slang term? Well, I know, like, like, two bits two is, bit, like... Yeah. Yeah. But that's not a good thing. No. Right? That means it's cheap and... But anyway. you got ten cheap dreams. So maybe it is a play on that. So it's, like, two bit, but it's times ten? Times ten? I don't know. I don't fucking know. Let's talk about Toxic X Eternity in 2015. Um, he makes metal covers of video game themes once a week, and he posts them up on YouTube. He's been doing that for a thousand years. Where is Hang on. My notes are all out of order. Yeah, sorry. I forgot to like actually <laughs> organize this playlist until today. Um, here we go. I'm trying to remember which metal cover this was. So, yeah, this uh, is the first metal cover. Um, so it starts out with like very high guitar probably some i don't know if that's finger tapping or just some quick playing yeah it's got that trill playing and it's a lot like cleaner at the start yeah playing that playing that trill yeah and no then of course on this. no but of course you got to play big chords and it's a metal version so you got to play them with a heavy sustained distorted guitar yeah so that makes up a lot of the background distorted guitar sorry Sorry, I interrupted you because I was trying to make fun of myself for fucking up my own words. Screw up, screw up, screw up. Screw up, screw up. Yeah, screw up. I'm saying that those those open chords make up like most of the background in this. Yes. He also uh, mm-hmm. this intro, he plays the resolved version. Oh yeah. Right off the bat. Oh yeah, he does. Um and he even he basically plays that part of the song at the start. Um he even plays the like fake out a section and i think it kind of works for like having like a higher energy level in the in like the metal version yeah i could see that being a metal move it actually seems fairly appropriate um and then there's also another thing there's a lot of is like background shredding like they'll be doing the thing and then a guitar just comes in and starts to play really fast right because it's it's metal it's fun (laughs) That's what they do in metal. Mm-hmm. I, you got to shred. So yeah, we we come from that. We get a bit of that shredding in, and then we get into your your standard up and down rhythm section, played of course on I believe just a distorted guitar. I don't think it's a bass. Right. Yeah. I. It sounds like he's a guitar player. You do get some drums in here. Um, they That's have true. some moments where they play uh, like a like a lot of kick, but for the most part, they're they they're very quiet in the mix, and they're they're not doing a lot. Yes, the lack of kick is notable. 
compared to the other metal version we'll talk about later. Oh god, that yeah, we'll talk about that one. <laughs> um but yeah, it's it's a lot of like metal techniques where they like do the like put like guitar chugging behind some of the trills and stuff cuz it's really yeah. those kind of two guitar sounds, like the lower guitar and then the higher guitar that will do the melody and then the lower guitar plays the B section. Yeah. Um, oh, and yeah. And yeah, pulls out, like you said, just about every metal trick we know. So the chugging rhythm, stop and start stuff, like it's mm-hmm. all it's mm-hmm. all there. Um, And kind of different levels of layers. It's the same conceptually as a lot of the other ones because they do sort of A, B, A, B, C, B, D, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But every time they play, it's it's switching it up. So... Um, let's see if I can, uh, let's see if I have some examples. Oh, one thing I should mention, because we were talking about the kicking, um, mm-hmm. there's at least on the first day section, I think it comes up more in the, the descending part where they play the trills. Yeah, it seems to have like sections where he'll, yeah, it'll do like the fast kicks for that, which is kind of cool because it sort of mirrors the, the melody there. Yeah. Ties them together. But yeah, there's a lot of switching up of parts. And it's like Mm -hmm. kind of those two. And there will be some chugging and some shredding going on in the background. Like the second B section has the B section melody, but is also joined by some regular and then just like shredding. It's all there. Yeah, just it's all there. Yeah, it's all there, baby. And then it does well. It comes back to the intro, but it's actually already played that before. So, yeah. So it's the same, like, just repeating resolved one, yeah. right? Yeah. And other than that, it's actually like very similar. Other than that, it kind of switches up that first section. Um, for the the fifties section, what you called mm-hmm. the climax, and probably is yeah. the climax. It's got like a real like because that part is such a such a like backbeat rhythm he really plays into that and it's a little like ska feeling in this version some of them feel more than the others oh yeah because you get that yeah on the rhythm guitar there yeah that heavy like accent on the backbeat yeah and it's a uh, it's good i think the the metal guitar sounds sound good on that yeah i agree um it's a bit simplified structurally yeah, maybe a little bit more rock-like because there's less like we implied this thing earlier on and then come back to it because mm-hmm. they've already resolved it and they're just replaying it. It's not a setup. Right. So thing. yeah, you missed that little trick. Which, I mean, I had to listen to it a couple times before I even got it anyway. So yeah. So <laughs> the overall loss is uh, hard to really quantify. Yeah, but it's pretty decent, like amped-up version. In a very yeah. different way from the Blake Robinson synthetic orchestra. Mm-hmm. And it's fairly like it's fairly crisp and clean compared to the other metal cover we're gonna discuss today. Yeah, it is. It is. It's definitely like you can hear all the parts. Yeah. Things aren't blending together or anything. Yeah. Not bad, toxic externity. Yeah, I actually read it raw. I just called it toxic eternity. Well, yeah. But there's another Maybe. X in there that I didn't see. Exactly. Maybe both the X's are silent. It's toy eternity. <laughs> Toik. Toik. 
Yeah, that makes sense. Um, with that, we're going to talk about a cover we actually talked about a year ago, Crazy what? Group Trio in 2018. <laughs> Just a little bit, because most of this song is actually Snow, Snow Mountain. Mountain, but it is a medley. Yeah, so, so this is Crazy Group Trio. They're a central Illinois-based music project that creates remixes and covers of video game tunes. I think I just, like, wholesale pasted my notes from, <laughs> from the, <laughs> the Snow Mountain episode into this. It's pretty straightforward piano for most of this. It's true, yeah. It kind of has the ragtime feeling, which fits the... the uh, uh, snow mountain stuff a little more um yeah but yeah it's kind of all in piano and uh i also like in my other notes reference some of the other versions and i didn't look them up so i don't remember what that's supposed to mean um okay. so it shares an intro with freeze uses the freeze easy peak intro dun, dun, yeah. dun, 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 dun. and then it is um and then it's snow mountain until like two and a half minutes in actually till one minute two seconds in Oh, well, I missed I missed the one minute, two seconds one. Minute. Well, it's always the B part that it plays. Oh, yes, it does play that. But it plays an A section at two and a half minutes. Okay. Well, it's definitely a B section the first time it comes in. Oh, no, it is a B section. I just wrote it down wrong. Well, way to go, Alex. And I will say, as as this is one of the rare opportunities where we've technically looked at both halves of a medley song. Yeah. Um, I think this works pretty functionally as a medley. I think going back and forth between the two is pretty seamless. Yeah, because last time I was kind of like, I don't really know Freeze Easy Peak, but apparently it's in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a good trade-off, and I guess the two songs kind of have a similar goal. They're both about mountains that are snowy. Snowy, yeah. So they sort of have that theming in common. So you can put them together. It also yeah. possibly part of the reason. I mean, I don't know, remember exactly when the key changes. Key change is in Freeze Easy Peak. Um, oh, but that might be why. But they only play be. one section, so probably, yeah, only playing one section would be because you uh, you don't then you then don't have matches. to deal with that key change. Yeah. Yeah, it's like the piano playing is solid. It's it's much better than the shit we heard on video game piano players. It's a better sounding piano. Definitely, um, definitely. It's it's not a mind blowing interpretation of either song, but it they it's fun and they both fit together well. Yeah, like it would be easy to listen to this, not knowing either one, and just think like they fit together well enough. It's not like jarring. Yeah. Which is maybe I, not in spirit with the uh, Banjo-Kazooie soundtrack, but it sounds good. It sounds good. So way to go, Crazy Group Trio. You've been reviewed twice for the same song. Cover me first. Mark it on the Wikipedia page. I mean, we're going to have to do that. <laughs> not on their Wikipedia page. Oh, on their Wikipedia page. <laughs> the Game Brass, Alex! 2018! <laughs> Thank you. 
The Game Brass. They're a brass quintet. They do video game covers. Yes. Surprising, right? They're made I was going to make a joke that said they were in charge of video games. You know, like, because the brass. Because they're like, the top the brass. Ups. What? Yeah. I don't tell jokes. I tell facts. <laughs> facts like they have two trumpets, one French horn, one trombone, and one tuba. That's five, okay. baby. Quint, as we call them. Quint, quint yes. A quint. Quint argue with um, that. <laughs> um, yeah, this is another case of, like, I don't necessarily know what all the instruments are. Right. Sonically. Although I can kind of tell which one the tuba is. Right, because that's the big low one. Yeah, and maybe the trumpets. Maybe but my appreciation the for the difference between a trombone sound and a French horn sound is not developed. Not developed. That well, sentence didn't actually make sense, but I think I got my point across. Uh, no, I think it. Yeah, I think you're you're safe. Um, so sleigh bells are in this, and also they drums. Do have sleigh bells, them. Yeah. So I don't know who's playing the drums. I don't know who's playing the sleigh bells. Sleigh bells, I guess, would be easy because you could like tape them to your foot. Yeah, I suppose so. But but the the drumming has some actual like snare drumming where you would need hands. Definitely. Unless you hooked up some kind of foot apparatus. Yeah. Well, I there's guess. those guys who play like they have a big all the instruments like strapped to their back and they'll go to like oh, yeah. whatever like I'm thinking the Calgary Stampede, but you know, some sort of fair setup. Yeah. And just like play whatever and like they have like each of their feet has a drum. I'm assuming that's not what's going on here. I assume not as well, Alex. Now, we start off with like a, a sort of, hang on, whoops, like a sort of whoosh. This little like... Yeah, like chimes. Yeah. And then I assume the trumpet is playing those trills. Right. I don't know. But I think so. Mm-hmm. This is like... I mean, this does bear some resemblance to the synthetic orchestra version, except minus the rest of the orchestra. <laughs> yeah, it, it feels smaller mm -hmm. um, because there's only five people plus rhythm, I guess. Um, and I think overall, they do a pretty good job of like not making that a problem. Um, there's some parts in particular closer to the and I believe I'm trying to right when they get into the like repeats of the um of the the revisitation of the intro section, mm -hmm. they're fairly layered at that point, particularly on the second part right um and kind of playing in and out with each other, so it kind of makes it sound fuller, but it definitely doesn't sound as full as the synthetic orchestra because there's just way more sounds in that. Mm-hmm. But they do have, uh, like, there's some fun stuff they do on the melody, particularly when they reach the second half of that uh, intro redux, where they, they've got at least two brass doing that melody pattern. One of them kind of, they're, like, a little bit out of sync with each other. It's almost like a cannon. Or is it? Is one guy just noodling around it? Yeah, I think Who that's knows? that's like kind of part of the layering effect. I, I don't know if I hear the two people on the melody. Um, but well, yeah, there it are... It is very layered. Yeah, the, and, and that's 
I think a good way to approach this sort of thing. Yeah. Because I mean, part of the original is it's got that such like echoey sound to it that you get from the N64. So like that kind of fills out the space. Mm-hmm. So you have to sort of make up for that. Yeah. So for being just five pieces of brass, like they do a good job of keeping things varied, not relying on one specific brass instrument to do exclusively one part. There's a lot of moving around. Uh, maybe that's how they, since they're all good friends, maybe that's some of that Hootenanny vibe in there. It's just a, just a bunch of good old boys playing, playing the brass together. <laughs> good old boys playing their brass instruments. Uh, yeah. The other thing this one does is end with about 35 seconds left in the song, um, which was a bit of a shock. I was well, wondering yeah, they what they were going to do end. for those other sections. They do a big, like, they throw in, like, an ending chord that's kind of dissonant. Mm-hmm. just you know punch up the ending a little bit and then they do like a slow version afterwards yeah a little more like goofy this yeah. on there i assume that's the tuba because it's low mm-hmm. but i don't know good assumption alex yeah so fun little fun little brass piece With that we're gonna move into pixelated quality in 2019 Pixelated um, quality. You know anything about pixelated quality? A little bit. I know a little bit about pixelated quality. Did um, you know that they're pixelated quality and they make instrumental orchestral style cover songs? Yes. The other thing I know about them is that they used to do this sort of style of song they do less often these days. They're more into mm. the instrumental. Um, supposedly they were ha- inspired by actually the next artist we're going to talk about. Ah, Kumu. Kumu. Um, but this is definitely like, I would call this like nine bit because it's eight bit plus one. Yeah. So it sounds like, uh, the Guild Wars two April fools event, like where you go into like the a super adventure video box game world. Yeah. It seems to yeah. me, it sounds like that style of pixelated music. Yeah, I guess it does. Um, where it's like, it is. 8-bit adjacent sounds, similar simple waveforms and stuff. Yeah. But obviously not something that could be done on an actual, like, NES or whatever 8-bit console. Yeah, its goal isn't to fully recreate 8-bit sound. It's just to, like, sort of uplift it, be like, we like this. That's, like, the jumping-off point. Yeah. Um, And it... It recreates it fairly, uh, I don't know why I can't remember words today, man. Faithfully. That's the word I'm looking for. I'm forever yours. Faithfully. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I always that. forget Journey songs for some reason. <laughs> um, and I thought the intro of this was like a bit muddy with the way they did the, the horns. Uh, but they only do it right at the beginning. So I think part of this is like they're kind of trying things. Because it's very yeah. much like an amateur creator. Uh, but I don't necessarily agree with how they did the first opening part. 
Right. You're talking about Which just one? like the straight up intro. Yeah. It's kind of it kind of like blends together a bit too much, I think. Yeah. It just gets a, little a little bit. bit. They just needed like a bit more of a of a break between the notes. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. What o- I, overall though, I think it's a pretty yeah. good set of like sounds that they're using. It's got that that very sharpness that you associate with an eight bit track, but they uh you know, they they up tune it a bit. They they tune it up. Yeah, they, there's a little they, bit more. They give going that extra on. bit. Uh, one of the other things I like, I actually forgot to mention it on most of the other versions, um, mm-hmm. but there's sort of a, a transition between sections, and the original mm-hmm. does, I think, drum rolls between sections. Yeah. Um, this one has this kind of like really intense thing it does, and then like ends with this whiplash sound. It does this like, um, and I think that's right. cool. I like that sound. Yeah, and it goes it goes through such a variety of of sounds similar to the original. It's always changing up what's playing in the melody, what's playing in the back. So it's a very dynamic piece of of eight bit styled music. Yeah, sometimes kind of subtle changes, but I definitely like listening to this. Like, had some thoughts about specific ways things were done, but like, it's pretty decent overall. They're mostly yeah. like just small critiques of like, maybe if the portamento uh, slid a little faster here, like, I don't know. <laughs> little things like that. Yeah. So yeah, fun. Fun little 8-bit one, 9-bit one, 10-bit. You know what? 20 bits. We're going to talk about Kumu. 8 and a Kumu. half. Kumu. Kumu. Q-U-M-U in 2019. We talked about them on the Snow Mountain episode, and they yeah, say, I hey, we had. I remix video game music and make my own original tracks from time to time. I also try to find the time to do other activities. Right on. That's Kumu. good. That's very good. Um, you don't want to focus too much on one thing. It's about a balance. That's right. And hey. What's going on in this one, Alex? Sleigh bells. That's right. Slay so this one, this one, what's interesting about this one is it almost seems like they are covering one of the more gentler arrangements of this song. Because it really yeah. doesn't play with these big bombastic sounds. We're playing with a much smaller environment here. Yeah, it could be like, was there's a slow version in Waz's Cave? This could be Waz's Cave. This could be Waz's Cave for all I know. But it's the same melody. Um... Start with a sax. I, sorry, I thought I had I thought I had a rest of a sentence, but I lost it. That's all right, Alex. We'll we'll get through this yet. We're close <laughs> to the finish line. Yes. Um, I think saxophone. that's a sax though at the start doing that. Dun, dun, yeah, dun, it's, dun. it sounds saxophone like. Also, is there no could be really soft intro other on this? No, it's just like kind yeah. of some piano chords and then the bells and then it goes right into the A section. And then I think a xylophone? A xylophone, the wooden one? Yeah, it is. It sounds very wooden, yeah, like doing the trills. Yeah, it does, it does have the wooden sound. Or possibly a marimba. Ooh, that's right. Only that because I think marimbas, like, they're bigger, but they have, like, a really big range. So I think there's some crossover. I'm not sure. Right, fair enough. 
um, yeah, this one's playing with just like very small sounds, and I I think I really appreciate it for that in the mix of all these other ones. Yeah, that really go for the like make it big or brash. Mm-hmm. It's just like let's chill out now, let's hang out in Waz's cave or wherever. I don't know. Yeah. Um. Yeah, because then for the B section we get what's a more metallic sounding mallet instrument. Yeah, like Glockenspiel yeah. type sound. Yeah. yeah. So kind of some stuff. Um I like when the when the melody walks up, like the bass joins the melody just briefly. Kind of like yeah. that. I like that sort of like weaving effect. Right, yeah, where like where two two different parts of the music yeah, kind of come together. They're doing their own moment. thing, they'll come together for a second and then they'll go back to doing their own thing. Hell yeah. I appreciate it. Um, but yeah, there's some cool sounds in this. Like, I think there's some mandolin in this for a while. Like, kind of like a higher plucked sound. Okay. I think. Could be a guitar. I'm out of second guessing mandolins. Oh, yeah. Are you talking around like 40 like seconds? 30 seconds. But I think the yeah. one that you're listening to is probably the same one. Yes. Um, and uh, there's also like. They play the next part on the piano, um, but it's, like, really high on the piano, so it's kind of gentle there as well. And that twinkly sound is kind of got that, like, wintry feeling to it, too. Yeah. So, they got some good sounds in here. Yeah. So, yeah, keeps some of those winter vibes and keeps just the, the, the general vibe of the original, but puts it in one of those more relaxed contexts. Yeah, and just chills it out. The game. Yeah. Almost a little jazzy, because that is a stand-up bass, and we do start off with that saxophone. True. That's true. It's It feels a little more like organic, but it might be... I mean, I suppose this might be another uh, sample library case, but I'm not Could sure. Could be, yeah. Um, the other thing this one does is one of its sections, it does... Like with the marimba sound, so when it oh, gets yeah. into the intro, it plays it like on that marimba. So it's kind of it's like the underwater sound. Yeah, that's right. Around like one fifteen there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you you get that call out to the the underwater banjo music, and then actual banjo, I think, for the next part. Am I crazy? Maybe. Why did I think there was I'm... a banjo? I don't know. That sounds like it's back to that mandolin. Let me see if I can hear it. Yeah, I don't think it's a banjo. I don't know what I was talking about. We're just hoping. <laughs> I was hoping. I just wanted a banjo to be in this song. I don't know why. Because it's Banjo-Kazooie. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> um, and then they even, like, they bring all that into the, into the 50s section. Um, yeah. it's like some woodwinds uh, playing the I said playing the trill but it's not playing the trill um, they're like yeah I think th- that's this part. isn't that the sax coming back oh it might be it is know, and it, it is like a, a version of the trills like it's a relaxed version thing. of it yeah yeah I guess because everything's slower now so the trills don't really sound like trills Mm-hmm. And then the violins are doing their tremolo, so that's a little bit faster, but it's still got that like gentle, twinkly feeling thing. 
Yeah, and then we yeah we fade out on sleigh bells, and it's it's out. It's done. Yeah. So it's definitely yeah more chill. Got that like drifting feeling to it. But yeah, it's very. I, thought, thought it was good. I, I said it was very welcoming. Yeah. Sonically. Speaking of the opposite of that, Ninjento. <laughs> Ninjento. Twenty twenty. I had to look up because I kind of know what gent is, but practically speaking, I don't know what it sounds like. Right. Uh, this is very gent sounding. The, okay. Particularly one of the guitars, because I, I, I looked it up and I was like, what does gent sound like? And I listened to the, to the um, guitar sound that they made, and it's like exactly the second, not the guitar that starts playing, the second guitar. But okay. like, I think it's, it's, all, it's all gent, man. It's very gent. It's, all, it's gent all the way down. So it was for like people not very, in the know, I yeah. just Googled this. Gent, also known as gent metal, is a subgenre of progressive metal. Its distinctive sound is a high-gain, distorted, palm-muted, low-pitched guitar sound. The name gent is an onomatopoeia of this sound. Yeah, I don't know why that's an onomatopoeia of the sound, but whatever. I guess so. Yeah, um, yeah this one is uh, violent. It is violent. It's a lot. Of, like there's a lot of stuff going on. Like they'll play the melody, for example, but like as just like shredding. So it'd be like or like uh, repeated strumming kind of things. So it'd be like so like it's it's just always going. Yeah. So like right off the bat, it's sparse, but it, they keep changing which side of the uh, your speakers that the guitar is coming from. So it goes left, and then right. Yeah. So that's kind of like the high and low guitar sounds. Yeah. And then uh, from there, it's just pretty much nonstop like drum and guitar. Yeah. And this one, this is where those kicks come in. Uh, oh yeah. Drums just go crazy as we're playing that melody. Yeah. Um what else what else is of note here? Uh they kind of it's like metal, so there's like fast tapping kind of shredding stuff going on too. Yeah. Particularly on the the B section, right? Yes. A lot of finger tapping, Indeed. a lot of heavy low guitar. Um that just seems like it just keeps layering on itself and then it gets even harder for me to parse stuff yeah there's a lot going on um there's even like like later on when they come back to the intro section like the 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 two guitar sounds are playing together but then one of them just like goes off and starts shredding on its own i thought that was kind of funny (laughs) it's like we're working together but then one got distracted and just needed to shred yeah but yeah um the let me see if I can find. There was one sound I noted in particular. That's just like, yes. Um, once they get into that intro section, the like, I guess the gent, the like lower guitar sound, the more genty one. Ah, uh, yes, the gentleman. The gentle. Yeah. Um, it's got like insane dissonance, like just on the sound. And right. like it sounds like when they're play they'll play the chords and then just like t- 
tap on other notes or something and then just like fuck up the chords to make them sound harsh. Right. So like they're playing the but in between that it'd be like down down so it's just like other stuff happening, just like messing the chords all all right. Very harsh. Yeah. And just like nonstop drums, and then the the ending on this is very abrupt. Yes, boom, done. It's like some trills and growls, because you know, metal. And then just like just out. Because they don't have it. Like, they're done. They did their thing. Time to go home. Yeah. Pack it up, everyone. But yeah, uh, it feels a lot heavier than the other metal version we talked about. Um, yeah, just because they got like all that distortion going on and all that dissonance. But uh, as far as like intensity goes, they've got it cranked. They've got it on. Yeah, they've cranked it. They've cranked the intensity. Sure did. With that, we're going to crank the intensity in our final... What do I call them? The final verdicts. Verdicts. We're going to jump into our final verdicts. we got three categories today. The worst version, the best version, and the most Christmas version. Okay. Alex, what's the worst version of this? What's the worst version of this? I think it's video game piano players. Yes. It, yeah, it, like, offended me. With its badness, which doesn't happen that it's, often. It's really bad. Like, even if, like, Ningento is, like, like a bit harsh, like, there is still, like, I think something of merit in there. Yeah, and honestly, I I thought Ningento, I liked Ningento. Because, I don't know, sometimes it's, like, the mood you're in when you first listen to it. But I just, like, threw it on in my car, and I was like, yeah, I need something to, like, rile me up. And it was earlier on the playlist at the time so it was one of the first ones that came on and i was like for some reason i need rapid kick pedals i don't know why normally i don't but that was just what i needed that day <laughs> yeah right on i i don't hate it it's de- but it's definitely not near my top well list, i don't think it's my best i haven't 100 percent decided yet though but yeah mutual agreement here man video game piano players it's nothing it's a bad version it's a bad job yeah um, Alex, what is the best version of this? What is the best version? Because honestly, I think probably the best showing came from Blake Robinson. Uh, I liked that one. I liked Kumu. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. What's this one? And those are like the ones that stick out in my brain anyway. Yeah, I feel the same, Alex, surprisingly. Um... So I'm going to give it a 20-bit dream. No. Uh, what does this one sound like? I'm trying to remember. See, I, for, apparently uh, them being in the same order as as my notes is helpful for me to remember which is which. But I'm getting them mm. all mixed up now. That's my fault, man. That's, uh, uh, that's my bad. I didn't. I didn't. I just thought it would be easier, though. I thought it would be easier. I it would be I'm, easy. I'm gonna give it to to. I'm gonna give it to fucking. I'm gonna give it to him. X go and give, give it, it to. Him. I'm gonna give it to Blake Robinson. I think that one had a really strong profile. Blake Robinson it, and really took the main theme and said like, "Fuck yeah, it's let's make this the biggest orchestra." And just I've never heard ultra realistic synth like that. Like it's very good synth. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. Um. One of the reasons I'm struggling is I was I was ready to give it to Blake Robinson, but when we mm-hmm. when we came back and started talking about Kumu again mm-hmm. at the end, I I found myself 
really enjoying listening to the bits when we were talking. And I think I think I'm gonna give it to Kumu because uh because I, I think I don't think I appreciated it enough when i when I first started was taking my notes. First That's listening fair. to it for this and uh and now that I've come back to it and talked about it and thought about it, I think I think it's that one. Yeah. I think when I came to that song, I was in the opposite state you were in when you came to Ningento. I was like, I just need something gentle. And then this one was like, here you go. You just need something gentle? Yeah, gentle. <laughs> Not Ningento, no. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I, I was going to give it to Kumu, but honestly, I'm, I'm going to give them most Christmassy because I think it's got some good Christmas vibes with its uh, instrument choices. Yeah, I'm going to give them most Christmassy too. Boom! There it you feels, go. Because it's, it's like... It's relaxed, and, and I would associate Christmas with just, like, everything stopping, and, mm-hmm. and you just kind of do whatever. And it's, yeah. it's a weird, like, other realm. It doesn't exist with normal time, but it's still chill. So, uh, Kumu. Hell yeah, dog. That's our final verdicts. If you've got a similar opinion, different opinion, or want to talk to us about a version of the song we didn't talk about, hit us up on Twitter. Hashtag CoverMePod, at JakeTheCressy, at SomeAlexWiseGuy. Be sure to rate and review us. We're on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, your favorite podcasting app, your least favorite one. We're everywhere. Tell your friends about us. Tell your neighbor. Tell somebody. Just, just talk to people. We're going to jump into our bonus statement real quick. Um, Alex, as you know, Banjo and Kazooie are both in the the massively popular party brawler game, Super Smash Bros. What's the title? Is it Ultimate? Ultimate. That's right. Super I Smash haven't. Bros. I don't Ultimate. have it yet. Well, yeah, but you, you're aware that they're in there. I am aware of Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Alex, th- there the is, I, th- I think, two more characters that are two or three more to be released for the second season of the the Fighter Pass uh, for yes. Super Smash Bros. Alex, if you could pick one character, if you could guarantee any character Ooh, to be in Super one, Smash eh? Bros. Just one. Who would it be? You'd think I would have thought about this a little bit more. Um, How could you have? I gave you no time to prepare. No, but like it's it's the kind of thing you, you uh, you'd think I would think about generally, right? Yeah. Like who... There's, there's You've been some out of the game ones. for a while. Though. I have been out of the game. I'm trying to get back in the game now. Um, for Super Smash Bros., I mean, there's a lot of good ones, and there's a few that I would like, but if I had to pick one, a lot of them wouldn't be it because there's a lot I want to see in there. I want to see Phoenix Wright in there, for example. Oh, fuck I th- yeah. I think he should be in there. He's in, he's in Marvel vs. Capcom 3. So, like, yeah, so it can work. He can it, do it. We know it can work. He could just throw evidence at people. Um, trying to think if there's uh, any really good ones I've thought of, uh, but I th- I feel like no. <laughs> let's think. Let's think. I I would like to see Travis touchdown, and I think that might be it for me, mm. because I mean it's ridiculous because it's definitely not a family game that he's from, uh, but neither's Bayonetta, so like <laughs> I think they could make it work, um. That said, he's another like guy with a sword, so maybe it's not that interesting. True, but he also has wrestling moves. He does also have wrestling moves, so it could be a lot of like grabbing and stuff, which would be yeah. cool. Um, but I think I think that's it for me. I've been thinking about Grasshopper Manufacturer, the yeah. dev studio that makes uh, No More Heroes, uh, a lot lately because they re-released them, and I've been meaning to replay the No More Heroes games. So I think that's what I'm gonna say. 
Hell yeah, good choice. Um, I'm gonna say Waluigi because <laughs> Waluigi. <laughs> Fuck yeah! No, I don't. I, I kind like if kind of because <laughs> kind of. there's been so much like internet like discourse on having Waluigi in right. whether it's possible whether like Sakurai's just keeping him out as a a way to maintain control. Maintain <laughs> control like, of what? Just his life, man. Okay. <laughs> Just to be like, because you know he's uh, he's been forced to do Super Smash Bros for right. God knows Forever. how long. Pumped full of something to yeah. keep him obedient, and I don't know. Yeah, it's this, but this in truth, like this is a tough question because one, I love video games, and like two, even when it's a character I don't like getting in, I'm still like, oh yeah, it's kind of cool. Yeah, and I mean, as much as there's a lot of Fire Emblem characters in there now. And there's been some criticism as to the number of Fire Emblem characters. It would be kind of cool to see, like, a Fire Emblem character that doesn't use a sword. Like, there's so yeah. many possibilities. Fire Emblem character on a horse. Yeah. Yeah. On and off horse. Like, that's a big part of, I think, Fire Emblem 3? Oh, yeah. You, you can dismount. But I haven't played Fire Emblem 3. Who... Amongst us has. I mean, there's only two um, of us. Have you? No, I, I didn't think haven't. so. Yeah. I yeah, I don't have a good choice. I'm gonna say John Marston from <laughs> Red Dead Redemption. Red Dead Redemption. That would be interesting because I feel like, I mean, uh, the the Sony, um, Smash Bros. We'll call it a PlayStation All Stars. PlayStation All Stars Battle Royale kind of had that where it just had like a bunch of dudes in it mm -hmm. now uh, smash bros doesn't have that problem uh but i i wouldn't put john marston on the same level as like snake for being easy to fit into the game i don't think it'd be impossible but it would be tough right. to make him fit that's I fair because i don't even think that's a good choice i just my brain is made of poop so I just think it'd be great if his final smash was just the end of Red Dead Redemption, so you could do a lot of damage <laughs> to people, but you would die but permanently you every time you permanently. use it. <laughs> yeah, so maybe you could take someone else out, but you also have to die. Yeah. Sorry, John. That would be great, is you get John Marston, you unlock him, you're like, fuck yeah. Then you play him, you use that final smash, die, and then never, he's replaced by his son on the, on the menu. <laughs> Can you only use them one time or until you yeah. use the Final Smash? Interesting. That's my nomination. If you guys want to talk to us about your Super Smash Bros. picks, hit us up. Hashtag Smash Picks. Yeah, Smash Picks. Yeah. And that's, that's how you'll communicate with us. That can't that's be the end of our episode. anything else, right? Yeah, no. That's... No, super, super smash picks. Just SSBU picks. That's the hashtag. Sure anything else? Find anything else? I don't know. Anything else? No. As we always say on cover, this is the end of the episode now, everyone. As we always say on cover me. Cover me. <laughs>